Jeff, you had a bomb from Woj. Woj. Former jazz man. Former? Former jazz man. Mm. Kyle Korver is signed with the Milwaukee Bucks on a one-year contract. Traitor. Traitor. Dead to me. We don't really have a spot for him anymore. I think we filled our roster. I'm surprised the Bucks have a spot for him, <laughs> frankly. Uh, I had been uh, wondering about Kyle Korver for some time it's like now. A one-year minimum contract, two point six million. I think that's the veteran minimum, right? Uh, for it's based on years of yeah, service. That's about what he would be. He's been in the league for sixteen seven, years. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, that uh, so he he goes to the Bucks. I'd been hearing that the there was some interest still to, in the right situation here in the. With the Jazz, but it would have been, had to have been right for everyone involved. I had been hearing that Kyle Korver might be retiring. I'd been hearing he might take some of the season off before making his decision on what team to go with. But uh, I know that it was uh, between the Bucks, the Sixers, and I think the Lakers. Yep. And it came down to the Bucks. He he was coached by uh, Budenholzer in Atlanta. Yep. So he's packing up the home here and he's moving to Milwaukee. I don't think so. Think he's going to leave the house here? I think that might be the think case. He's going to keep the house in Salt Lake. I think that might be. Well, maybe not. But I, I don't think that Milwaukee will be home. No, I think to the Corver family. I'm sure he lives a few different places. I think yeah. he's done all right in his 16, 17 year NBA career. I think he's got a few dollars in the bank, probably. San Diego's not a bad place for a millionaire to live. Yeah, you do okay there. Yeah. All right, so there you go. A little NBA news on a Saturday. That's going to break uh, a lot of people's hearts, but. I don't know, Kyle Corver's A lot of pink Kyle Corver jerseys going to get burned tonight. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> yeah. The one guy that I would never think his jersey would ever be burned. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a Twitter thing tonight where somebody that has a pink Kyle Corver jersey. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the, he's just lost a lot of steps. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, what, 39 years old, 38 years old? Mm-hmm. I'm 30. I just turned 39 this last week, and... Man, I don't think I can run up and down an NBA court all year long. <laughs> Honestly, your knees might be in better shape. Probably. Because you much. haven't done 17 years of an NBA, NBA career. career. That's yeah. it. 17 years running on hardwood. It's, that's a lot. So uh, best of luck to one of the best guys in the world, Kyle Korver in Milwaukee. Not to mention the fact a second-round draft pick in 2003, lasting 16, 17 years in the league. That's impressive. Out of a school like Creighton. No one had heard of Creighton before Kyle Korver. That goes to the idea. If you can have one skill and do it really, really exceptionally, you can stick in a career for a long time. That's where I'm relying on my sarcasm. <laughs> do you think that, that sarcasm is going to keep you in the radio <laughs> industry for 40 years? I've get got you, but one get skill. Get you in that Hall of Fame <laughs> 40 years. You'll join the oh my gosh, Tom Barberry. <laughs> no, I'll probably never be as good as Tom. Tom, Tom was a magician, but... Uh, if I can, uh, I can be snarky with the best of them. Sure, <laughs> uh, be snarky with us today. Eight five five three four zero zone. Be in on the show. Eight five five three four zero zone. Everyone that calls in is entered into the drawing for the movie passes. I think people are afraid of the questions. Oh, there's the first question was ABS. What does it not do, or what does it? What's not true? And the the one about steering that was obvious. The next question, by the way, I'll give you the question. At intersections where two or more drivers stop at stop signs at the same time and they are at right angles, A, the driver who is going faster before stopping must yield. Totally. B, the (laughs) driver on the left must yield to the driver on the right. C, the driver who is late for work has the right of way. (laughs) Or D, the driver on the right must yield to the driver on the left. This is easy. So it's B? It's B. Yeah. Okay. You, whoever's on the right has the right of way. Because he's on the right. Come on. What if you're in Europe? Is it left? No, there's no rules in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> they just drive. You just run into each other. Have you seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? We need more roundabouts in the world. No, we don't. That's what we don't need. No, they're faster and more efficient. When you know how to do it. Yeah. If we had 10 people in this room from 10 different cities in Utah, how many do you think would know immediately the right way to use a roundabout? I've been using a roundabout every day now because I live living in Park City, so I use that Deer Valley, the Main Street roundabout. Do you use it correctly? I always use it correctly. <laughs> I haven't been in a crash yet. It's been three weeks. Well, that's okay. So if you don't get in a crash, yeah, it's the right safe, way to right? do it. See, there's no rules in Europe. That's the whole just don't crash. That's the one rule. No, I think a lot of people, we do need, roundabouts are a great idea if people use them right. And I don't think we've had the right education on roundabouts. 
yet in this uh, type of the part of the world. Anyway, soapbox. Have you seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Real I quick? have. And he yells at him and says, this isn't Europe. There are rules here. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about the Subaru pricing news. I saw this big, scary, nasty headline, Jeff Miller, that said Subaru's raising its prices on Legacy and Outbacks. And so I ran it by you. And uh, that's not really – that's a misleading headline, isn't it? Well, they are, but everyone raises their prices every year. <laughs> so it's like water's wet. Sure. Headline. Like everybody, when they bring a new model out or a new every year, prices go up a couple hundred I guess, bucks. It's cost of living. I, I mean, guess this headline though made me sound made it sound like water and thousands of yeah. dollars. It made it sound like water's not wet. It's it will kill you. Is what it made no, it sound it's, like. They are prices are raising on the. It's an all new 2020 Outback. So let me see if I can tell you exactly more. So a on an Outback, for example. A base Outback has gone from the new 20, 20 model year MSRP on a base Outback without destination and all that stuff is twenty six six forty five, which is three hundred dollars more than the two thousand nineteen model. <gasps> so an extra month's payment. Yeah, it's not significant. I mean, it's actually less than we thought it was going to be. What's destination? Legacy, charge? for example, twenty two seven forty five was the original price. Okay. And the twenty two seven forty five is the price now. It's two hundred dollars higher than the two thousand nineteen. So two hundred for the legacy, three hundred for the outback. Yeah. So a legacy with destination charges, basically the what you're going to see on a sticker if it had no options on the car at all and everything, that number would be twenty three six forty five. Okay. So you could get a brand new twenty twenty Subaru Legacy for twenty three thousand six hundred forty five. dollars If you paid sticker. Okay. Which most people, most times there's discounts on that too. Mm-hmm. But that's what MSRP on the window of a brand new Legacy will be. Top of the line. So that's a Touring XT turbo model will top off about 36.8. For fully With everything. That's, sick. that's the Every tur- option. That's the turbo engine, navigation, camera in front, all the, all the cool stuff. Right. But the cool thing on Legacies and Outbacks too is they're all standard eyesight. That's wonderful. That's right. that's what is needed I mean, that's for a the neat thing on it is that it's standard eyesight on that car, standard top safety pick plus, all that stuff standard. As is of course all wheel drive. It's mm-hmm. a Subaru. Everything comes It's all a over. whole it's a new it's a new global platform, so a new platform on it, stronger, more rigid, weighs less. I mean it's it's just a really great car. Start stop system standard on it. We've talked about that before. Where you're at a light or whatever. The engine turns off. Auto vehicle hold, standard on it. The adaptive cruise control, the lane centering, that's standard. Hmm. You'll find that on a base model. That's crazy. Right? That, that's awesome. Eyesight, standard. They have the, some of the features that are, I don't think the, let's see. Uh, the standard equipment on a Legacy, the 7-inch screen, infotainment system audio controls above a second screen that, con- that covers the climate control and of course apple carplay android auto and satellite radio all standard yep all standard so once you get to a premium too is you that new 11.6 inch display screen is all standard so and premium and above and that's only for a couple more thousand dollars yeah, to so go pre- from the base to the legacy yeah the so like a premium outback stickers about 28 29 grand for that which is pretty cool. This is very affordable. This very is great affordable. news. Yeah, we're excited. And then once you get up into the upper level models is where you start getting. The new Onyx edition is going to be really neat. So what's the, I've heard the Onyx edition. What's the, what so is it's it? kind of equipped for the active lifestyle in mind. It's, it's kind of their entry level to get where they're hoping to get in a couple of years with what they're going to be calling their wilderness editions. Okay. So wilderness editions are going to be lifted outbacks that are built more like the Trailhawk Jeeps. Have the plate cover yeah, on the plate bottom. cover on the front, built for off roading. Big all terrain tires with the white letters on the side of them. Like that's what the next generation. This is kind of our step towards that. So the Onyx Edition will be only on XTs, so it'll have the 260 horsepower turbo engine on, in it. But then you get some premium features. So you get that front monitor, like you see on the ascent. It's like in the front dash, where you can see what's up in front of you in the front. Oh, and the 180 degree, yeah, 180 degree view? one. Wow. Yep. You get the power power lift gate in the back of that. It'll have a Let's see the different mirrors. So it'll have blacked out mirrors, black headlight bezels. So it's going to be blacked out headlights, basically. Black wheels on it. Uh, has a higher torque CVT transmission to handle the bigger engine. Mm-hmm. Has a different X mode in it that gets you better off road capability. Uh, tie down hooks in the cargo area. So for 
towing cargo. It's got a different interior. So it's this, what they're calling StarTex. And it's like a, it's a two-tone and synthetic upholstery interior with lime stitching. Ooh. And so the idea of it is it's water repellent. So you could almost like, I don't, think you know, I don't know if you can almost spray them off, but it's the idea is that they're supposed to be for people who are going off-road and to keep, keep a cleaner car. You were just in the lake with the dog. Yeah. You don't have to change your car. You don't have to put pads on the car. You throw your skis in the car. It's not a big deal if they get on the seats. You just wipe it off. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, the, the other one is what we're talking about here with the guys, like the bus drivers falling asleep or the people driving this fall asleep. It's the driver driver focus system, which they put in the Forester last year. So it alerts the driver when their eyes aren't on the road. So it's <laughs> tracking the eyes of the driver and it's reading if they're look, distracted, looking at their phone, looking whatever, and saying, hey, Pay attention. Get back on the road. How how close to perfect is the driver focus system? I haven't driven a car daily with it, so I'm yeah. not. I, I yeah. don't have a good feel for because it's fairly new technology. It's fairly new technology, yeah. but it's gonna it's gonna watch your eyes. And the other cool part is it senses who's coming in the car, so you can set driver profiles. Okay. So right, so you can get in the car and say it's Jeff got in the car, not Jeff's wife, and it'll set the mirrors, set the seats to where you need to be. That's that's okay. That might sway me to buy it just that because. No, you get in the car, it changes the settings of the car to who's, who's getting in the car. My wife is about six, seven, inch, five, six inches shorter than I am. And when we get in the cars and it's diff- completely different, like she gets in the car and she just has to scoot it forward oh so comfortably. I get in the car and bash my knee against the steering wheel. So that would be wonderful to just have that figured out for me. So, Jeff, I, I have a question for you. With all this kind of face scan technology coming in, how long do you think until there's a car out there where the ignition starts up by looking into a camera? It's doable, hmm. but, but, it, but there's problems with it because you're not the only one driving your car. Well, c- could you set it up so that there are multiple? I think multiple... it's coming. I think the next, I think the next step you're going to find mm-hmm. is not going to be that. It's going to be cell phones. Oh. It's going to be your cell phone's going to be your keyless to the car. So your cell phone, you're going to have your cell phone in your pocket. It's going to read that you have your cell phone in your pocket. It will start the car. Instead of the Instead of having fob. a fob, key fob, your cell phone will be able to act as your key fob. That's great. I think that's, that's your, awesome. I think that's your next step, okay. short of it looking at your face and recognizing it's the right driver. Let's eliminate keys altogether. House keys, car But the car hard keys. part of the cell phone, too, it's the same idea is that valet driver. Okay. What do you do with a valet driver? Well, I'm not rich enough to have a valet driver. Well, you go but. anyway, but you stop. But you, but you stop <laughs> at a valet. They take your car key, or a parking service, or a garage. I mean, there are a lot of places mm. that you know, someone else drives your car. Well, would they would they just keep the analog key in there? So you have well? an analog key for those instances. Is the idea of it? Mm. Yeah, maybe. But then you might, or you go into law enforcement, right? So your car, someone has to take your car away. I guess they're going to tow it, so it's not a big deal. But, well, they got to get it on the tow truck. Yeah. So it, that's where the question marks come in, is that it, it's a really cool feature to have your cell phone to do it. And right now, for my cell phone on my Subaru right now, I can unlock the doors, lock the doors, locate my car, turn on the air conditioner, turn on the heated seats. I can do all that for my phone right now. I just can't start it. Everything but start the car. I can, I can do it on, my, on the Ascent. I can start the car and get the engine warmed up. So I can do that. But once I get in the car, if I don't have the key, it turns off. Like a self-start fob. Yeah, like a self-start Same fob. Same like essentially, essentially, Subaru has gone away from remote start fobs. So now on a remote start, it used to be you had your key fob, and then you had your little remote start fob. Mm-hmm. They weren't integrated together. Right. <laughs> now there's no remote start fob. It's just integrated into the My Subaru app. That's great. That's perfect. Yeah, so like I could right now, I could. so I'm driving the plug-in hybrid today, but I can start the AC system on my car right here. From here? From right here, I could start the AC on my car. We're not exactly parked close no. today. Wow. I mean, I, could, I literally can go on my Subaru right now and get a map of exactly where my car is to see if someone stole it. <laughs> and then, and it but it integrates a lot of the other cool features on the my Subaru. Like, you can pay extra and actually have tracking of your car. So if it's your kids driving the car, you can actually set boundaries on the car. So I can actually set a boundary of exactly where I want this car to drive. If that car goes outside that boundary, I get a text message. It doesn't stop the car. It won't stop the car, but it'll tell me your car left the boundary. Dun, dun, or dun. you can set it that if your car's driving over a certain miles per hour for over 30 seconds, hmm. it'll it'll alert you as well. Wow. That uh, is something I'm going to need to keep in mind 16 years from now. And I could click and I could actually, I could actually literally make my car's horn honk right now. Why would I, you do that? 
someone's next if i'm looking out the window and there's someone looking into my car oh if you're john stockton right? and you don't want someone around your car you yeah that's honk what the horn for. but like but say someone it. like so say i'm like right here and i'm saying my car was parked right there on the street and i see some guy looking at it like he's gonna steal something from it i can go out here and say boop make it, <laughs> ah! <laughs> get him to jump and scare himself a little bit <laughs> that's great but all right so that's uh the the new 2020 legacy and outback uh, is where we were starting that conversation but the technology on these things it's cool it's just there there are problems with some of the taking the technology all the way as far as getting rid of keys that's going to be one of our hardest problems is the fact that you never know when you have to give your key to somebody so like on remote start i can actually start the car so if I'm driving it, the valet could take it and park it. He just couldn't get it back. So how would that be fixed? How would you fix that? That if you know you're using a valet, you bring your key fob. That's, with you. Yeah. Like that's the hard part. Is that so you like, still have to have that? So you fob. have to have the key fob. Like right now with my car, I don't ever put take my key out of my pocket. My key's just in my pocket. Like I'll walk out to my car, put my hand on the door, it'll unlock. I'll get in. Mm-hmm. I'll push start. Mm-hmm. I don't ever put a key in the ignition. Sure, right. Most cars have moved to that direction now. One hard part, too, is though, because of that, the price on that's just gotten so expensive. Those mm-hmm. key fobs to replace are a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, fobs are not inexpensive. You have, have to reprogram them, too. Yeah, it takes yeah. a technician, a computer, to reprogram them. So I like the idea of moving away from that, but you got to figure out these bugs. I don't yeah. know, like, I don't know if you could, like, somehow send that valet uh, link where they could be a guest driver for an hour of your vehicle or whatever with their cell phone. And then it ends at the end of that hour or something, but that's the hard part. I don't know. Hmm. You send, you invite them to drive it, then you invite them to go pick it up and bring it back. But uh. and that's the argument too. Is maybe on your phone you could say, "I want to activate this to start up for anyone for the next thirty seconds." Right. Exactly. But well, thirty seconds probably wouldn't give you enough or, time. Or whatever. But whatever for it two is. minutes, and yeah. someone can walk out. It unlocks the car for them, and they can go start the car. Maybe there's a valet button that says, "I'm giving you sixty seconds to go get the car." Right. Yeah. Like you pull up to the valet, you push valet button, he comes and brings you. The He's got to have his cell phone. And if he doesn't, it turns the car off. And yeah, it's interesting. But there's dangerous on that because if all of a sudden it turns the car off, he's in the middle of a freeway. That's not good. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that, that turns out bad. The valet brought me my car via the freeway. Then <laughs> he's probably right. not doing what he's supposed to do anyway, but no need to kill people over the whole thing. Uh, have you seen the new Corvette? Oh, I was going to talk about that. It's cool. It is cool. I've got a non – I love Corvette. They're my favorite as far as a look – Goes, they're my favorite sports car of all time. I love any and all Corvettes, especially not, the sixty. How can you not like Corvettes? Right. Yeah. If, right? You, if you've Seriously. met, but the engine in the middle of the car, like it's directly behind the driver and the it's behind the seats, right? Mm-hmm. So there's still a little trunk in the way back, but there and there's some cargo up front, but the engine is right behind you. Doesn't that get really hot? Doesn't no. the car's engine heat up and? And wouldn't that make the interior of the car extremely hot and noisy to have that engine right behind you? Okay. First problem, you're in a Corvette. Noise doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. We'll take take that out of your argument completely because <laughs> the noise, you're actually paying for the noise. <laughs> <laughs> Part of what you pay for is the noise of the but engine. But I want a quiet Corvette. He's the guy who wants the quiet Corvette. All right. There you go. <laughs> um, so you're getting noise anyway. All right. What about the heat? Heat's not an issue either. I mean... It's the same thing. I mean, we can put heat shields in and cooling the interior, and that's not an issue at all. I mean, the issue on weight, it, it's all about weight distribution, right? So it's all about where the weight on the car is for handling characteristics. Okay. So if you're a rear – so it's rear-wheel drive. Yeah. It's Corvette. So by putting the engine closer to the back, it's putting more of the weight over the wheels that have the power, which allows it to get better traction and use the engine power better. It's like why people put bags of salt in their trunk in the winter. Mm-hmm. Weight down the back of your car. No fish more power on the back of the car. There's more downforce there. Hmm. They, they've done this before where they put the engine in the mid-block of the car, and they had fires happen. So there used to be heat problems, but they say that they've uh, improved the technology so much that there won't be any problem like, like that going forward. Now, what do you think of the overall look of the I new 2020? car. It kind of melds old and new mm-hmm. together. I think it's a great looking car. 6.2 liter, naturally aspirated V8 engine, 495 horsepower, 470 feet of torque. Oh, that's a lot. 
is amazing. That uh, you're talking my you're talking dirty to me right now, Jeff Miller. They're expecting the zero to sixty time to be just a hair under three seconds. Okay, couldn't get that any. Uh, Do you quicker, know what the crazy huh? thing is? Do you know what the starting price is? <laughs> sixty under sixty grand. Yeah. Fifty-eight. That's not bad. Fifty-nine. Yeah. For that car, that's not bad pricing. Why do you think it's so "quote unquote" cheap? I mean, that's not cheap, but comparatively to the rest of its class, why do you think they uh, felt the need to keep it under sixty thousand dollars? I think they're trying to sell a lot of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the key. There, it's not. It's not. For some reason, it's not everyone's first go-to choice for really, really expensive sports car. Others, you know, you'll find other cars more than Corvette. The interior of the thing is what gets me. It looks like a Batmobile mm-hmm. kind of uh, of sorts between the driver and passenger side, but it's really cool. Check it out. The 2020 Chevrolet Corvette. Uh, it's nothing like, it's not quite the 60s Stingray styles, but it's still pretty slick. Next one's coming out, though, and I know my dad's, get, my dad's getting one. He's, I think he's order number one on our Toyota list. Is the new Supra. Really? Yeah, my dad, they were talking about it the other day. The How? brand new Supra. Uh, when is that supposed to happen? I think the orders are starting to come in. I think it's, I think it's out. Will he I, drive it over to the show? Yeah, maybe he'll let me drive it over here. That'd be probably, amazing. Probably not, but although I drove it when I was, that's where I learned how to drive a stick shift on his honest 1996 Toyota <laughs> Supra. <laughs> oh, yeah, bring it on over. I'd love to take a look at it. I've yeah, never so been in a Supra. 2020 Supra hit the showroom starting summer t- 2019. Like my brother was talking about all the orders they have coming in, so I think they're. I'm sure there's a long list. I think list. they're expecting them. Yeah, I think they've got a yellow one available right now. If anybody's interested, Bold. yeah. So I think there's a yellow one that's on their order list that doesn't have a name on it, is what he said. So if you're interested in that, call John Miller down at our Toyota store and. We'll see if what he can do to help you. Why not? I mean, if you're going to go with a really loud, fast car, why not go with a loud, fast color? Guess what pick color my dad picked? Red. Yeah. He went red. It's not bad pick. Yeah, to go with the red. 855-340-ZONE. I'm so jealous of your dad right now. <laughs> Three liter twin turbo inline six. Oh Rear wheel drive. That's a, that's a good grocery getter. That's what that is. That's going to be a fun car. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to like that car. 855-340-ZONE. Let's take a phone call here. Anyone that calls in today and shares with us is entered into the drawing for movie passes, but also if you answer one of my Utah DMV practice test questions correctly, you'll get two entries into the drawing. So let's go to Eric on line one. Hey, Eric, good morning. Hey, how's it going, guys? I got a trick question for you. A trick question? A, a truck question. A truck, a truck question. Okay. A right. trick question I was going to answer uh, C. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm looking at getting a, a Ford Super Duty, like a 250 or possibly a 350, probably a 250. But I'm a little bit of a uh, trouble here because um, I want to get – I don't want to spend the extra 10000 for a diesel – um, I think the 6.2 they have now will be fine, but I hear that next year they're going to be coming out with a 7.3 gas engine, and uh, but they haven't released the numbers on it yet. So, But what I do know is they say that it's supposed to be a little better with gas, but they are pairing it to a 10-speed transmission. So my question for you is what do you think I would expect from a 7.3 being paired with a 10-speed transmission versus the 6.2? with a six-speed transmission, should I expect pretty close to the same gas mileage that I get in that 6.2? Because if it is, I'm all in. But if not, I want to do the 6.2, but I'm about to miss the, the window to be able to get the 2019s in the 6.2 um, at the end of the year because they're not going to be making them anymore. <laughs> How much heavier, Jeff, do you think that is? That's compared- 7.3? Yeah. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look the data up on it right now. Because the weight of the truck the is what's going to determine gonna that. The weight of the going to add a ton to that, adding this yeah. extra leader on that engine but i would suspect a, 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 a quick guess you're not going to get the same gas mileage but they do a lot of crazy cool things these days with their trucks and those econo things that they put in there it'd be uh, it'd be close but i don't, I don't think you're going to get as good with a heavier truck so if you went through with the seven the seven was a seven three you said with the the 10 speed yeah because they're replacing the six the six yeah the, the six two is going away right if i remember right no, it's, it's just going to be another option for an engine, but uh, 
they say it's, it's a different uh, style of build. Like it's a, I, I don't know too much about the engine to be able to explain it, but it's a different, it's like the old style big block engine, they say. Um, they say it's supposed to kind of bridge a gap a little bit between a, uh, the gas and the diesel for a lot less than the diesel. And if that's true, I just, I mean, you hear 7.3 and it scares you to death. Yeah, you're that's the crazy thing is gallon, but literally every manufacturer on the planet is making engines smaller, not bigger. Yeah. To see someone go yeah, the so other I'm, way I'm on it. I'm anxious to hear the number. They say it's a, kind of expecting to get over fork, and, but uh, until they release those numbers, you just don't, don't really know. And, but I don't think they're going to release them until it's too late for the 2019s, and I'll miss my opportunity for that if I decide not against it. So, so just, just to kind of take yeah. yeah, just a quick forum search. Uh, Sixteen. City 20 Highway is someone's best educated guess on one of these forums about the 7.3, but again, like you said, that's not an official release. So, yeah, yeah that's right, that's a gamble. Yeah, uh, sorry, we're not more helpful on that, but uh, hopefully that gives you a start place to start. So, uh, oh, and before we let you go, Eric, do you want to double yeah. your entrant entries into the drawing today? Heck yes, okay, <laughs> here's your question. I'm ready. Which shape is a speed limit sign? A pentagon, a diamond, round, or vertical rectangle? Oh, vertical rectangle. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, Eric, thanks for calling in. You've got two entries into the uh, the call, into the drawing now. <laughs> See, don't be afraid of the questions. That, that's, I'm not They're asking not you for... not too scary. I'm not asking you for the mixture formula. And for we're not going to pull your driver's engine. license if you fail it. Well, well. Mm. If you're failing these questions, somebody might want to give you a call. Around. Yeah, we might get a call later. <laughs> <laughs> it's Utah Car Says, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. We've got one more segment left on today's show, so get your calls in, 855-340-ZONE. We're going to talk about what's going on with UTA. Going to give you your checklist for your summer road trips and also uh, the top 10 fastest production cars in 2019. A celebration of speed and the cars that do it the best. Talk to you next here on Utah Car Sense. Welcome back. Final segment this week on Utah Car Sense. He's Jeff Miller, general manager of Mark Miller Subaru. Check him out at the Midtown Store, 3535 South State, or 114 South State in uh, the Auto Mall in Sandy. It's not 114. It's 114 something. What's the address of the Southtown Store? 10920. 10920. 10920. 10920. That's my bad. Uh, there you go. You, you, it's hard to miss them now with that big old uh, parking structure you guys have out there. So go down there, check them out. Give Roger Parkin a hard time if you're at the Southtown store. Tussle George Roska's hair at the Midtown store and tell him uh, Austin Horton says hi. Now, Jeff, UTA, since this is a car show, it's also a transportation show. And uh, did you see what happened with the tracks last night? Uh, here in downtown uh, Salt Lake City. So during... Oh, it was a derailment, wasn't there? Yeah, during rush hour. Uh, somewhere in the 5 o'clock hour on 400 South and Main Street, uh, the tracks train just fell off the rails. Now, no one was hurt. No one died or anything crazy like that. There was huge delays. They got bus bridges in place, but it didn't operate again normally until after 9 p.m., and uh, Carl Arkey, spokesman for UTA. Is that the Carl Arkey? It is. The Carl Arkey? Yep, Wildcat. Kyle Ar Carl Arkey. Now, wasn't he the Channel 2 guy forever? He, uh, I don't know what channel he was with uh, specifically, but he was uh, the voice of Weber State before Steve Klauke. Yeah. And now uh, he's the spokesman for UTA. But he uh, said that they're still investigating why that train was derailed. There has been some, re or some construction recently at the part of the track, near that part of the track's line where the train was derailed. So that's crazy. I've always I've always been uh, curious, because I, I, I hop on tracks from time to time in the free zone downtown. If it's really hot or really cold and I don't want to walk, I'll be lazy and hop on the free tracks and ride up to City Creek or whatever. But I've also kind of always wondered what happens when something like that takes place. Do, you, do they just open the doors and let everyone get out? 
Do you have to wait and give a statement? When it, go, when it goes out, you'd assume, I don't know. It's a good question. So uh, they lock them in for <laughs> hours. I wonder. You got to be able to get some information from witnesses. And then also, uh, UTA is in the news because they've awarded the contract to study a route through the prison site. The Utah Transit Authority has awarded an $800,000 contract to study the best way to extend tracks through the current Draper prison site at the point of the mountain to Lehigh. The UTA board awarded the contract Wednesday to Parametrics, a consulting firm based in Washington State that has offices in Utah, but only $550,000 in funding is currently available. Meyer, uh, Meyer, the interim of UTA, Steve Meyer, said that the money largely from Salt Lake County will help determine the preferred route. Once additional money is secured, he said the price of building and operating the project as well as funding sources can be finalized. Two routes have already been discussed. Uh, one would extend the blue line along a rail corridor already owned by UTA, while an alternative would extend the red line west from Sandy Front Runner Station to South Jordan and then on to Lehigh. Both will be evaluated according to cost, ridership, and speed, as well as environmental impacts. The study should take a little over a year, and the ultimate cost of the track's extension will be at least $1.2 billion. Worth every penny. You think so? Absolutely. I mean, anything... I mean, this is a population that's going to double in the next 15 years, 10 oh, years. Oh, don't tell me that. It is. I mean, it's just the way it is. Utah sucks. Don't move here. It's not about moving here. It's our family sizes. Utah sucks. Move out of here. <laughs> okay, I guess you could do that one. Don't have as many I kids. I like not having people <laughs> like, around. I mean, that's what it is. Is that we have so many, there's so many kids in this thing that they grow yeah. up and they become adults. And have kids of their own. And have kids of their own, and that's what happens. And so our roads is Wide as we want to make them, we're never going to be wide enough. We got to get people off of them, and tracks is a great way of doing it. And it's the usership of it's huge. How many people do you think ride trucks tracks every day? Oh, I wouldn't even a million. I don't know. One hundred fifty-six thousand average daily boardings <laughs> on all of the UTA services. Okay, fifty-six thousand on tracks every day. Just any part of tracks? Any part of tracks? Fifty-six thousand people get on tracks every day. Oh wow. Every day. That's pretty. That's that's a lot. That is. That's good usership. How how many do you think? Uh, nineteen thousand people use front runner every day. How many? Okay, nineteen thousand on front runner is a good start. I want fifty thousand on front runner. Totally. And that's how you're going to get the yeah. traffic down on the main streets. And this is coming from a guy who sells cars all day long. <laughs> that's true. Still need it. It's not good for your business. Yeah. Not necessarily. You still got to drive to the track station. <laughs> You gotta get to the front runner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need that 2020 Outback to get to your house to the front runner station. No, uh, I, I like the idea of mass transit. I they do, need a double track front runner. They do need double track front runner. Yeah. So if they double track front runner and have double tracks so that there's no weird passing areas and stuff like that, they think that they could get tr- front runner up to 100,000 riders daily, running at 15 minute frequencies, and they can get the top speed over 90. See, that's that's amazing. I if they did that, Jeff, I would be a front yeah, runner. Customer. That's the hope I think is I think they're trying if they can get two lines of tracks on that front runner track and they can get it so it can run ninety miles an hour past each other and not have to do switches because they have to run it slow because that's the slow for the switch stations, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So that'd be pretty cool. That w- uh, because I also wonder about if I were to do transit instead of driving a car to work every day. What if there's something where I have to leave work immediately for an emergency or whatever? I don't want to sit around for the next train in an hour. I mean, I think it'd be neat if they could figure out a way to get tracks to the east side. Okay. Get, so they've got it through the U. Yeah, they've but... kind of got it in Sugar House. Yeah, kind mm. of. Yeah. <laughs> we'll count it kind of. But, like, if you could figure out a way to get it up into Cottonwood Heights or get it up into Sandy, like, and get some vertical routes on that. Into these bedroom communities. Yeah, right. Yeah, where I people are living. getting some serious usership of it. That's a good idea. It's going to cost us. But you say it's worth every penny, and I think you're right. But I mean, it's that's the hard part is that there. It, if you're once you're trying to get the ideas where people are trying to use buses to get there, it turns a commute into an hour and a half commute, and people don't want to do it. Uh, and then, of course, you'll have problems from time to time, like happened yesterday, where uh, the the rail or something will happen and it'll cause big delays. But then you hopefully that's why you have to hold on to those buses to get them into place as quickly as possible to get people from uh, where the train stopped to where they need to be. 
Because that's the other, I think convenience is the key to getting more people to use tracks mm-hmm. and front runner. It's got to be more convenient. It's got to make more sense to use that instead of driving your car individually into work. Yeah, and I think the I mean the biggest one I think is going to be the front runner one. If they can get that front runner double track, I think that's just going to make a huge difference on the northwest I fifteen corridor or north south I fifteen corridor. Why? So and by so right now because they share the, the the tracks with the railroad companies at parts of the route. Mm-hmm. So if they just had their own set of rails and then double tracked like you're talking about, then yeah, I think that'd solve a lot of problems. But that would be if the tracks extension is one point two billion dollars at least, double tracking front runner, we're talking five billion dollars probably. Let's see if I can find an article talks about there's an article from two thousand sixteen talking about double tracking. Let's see what it is. If they have a cost on what it would add. Mm-hmm. So Frontrunner has a one track in most places, so they pass each other only at its 16 stations and the four other sidings with a double track. So any mechanical problem or accident or anything like that has delays throughout the entire system. Mm-hmm. So 6% of delays are caused by another train. It's, they own 83 of the 88 miles on Frontrunner are owned by UTA. Wow. There's only five miles of that that's owned by Union Pacific. Wow. And it's probably right there in North Salt Lake by the refineries. Mm-hmm. That's what I would guess. Uh, th- there are no estimates on how much it would cost <laughs> other than to say it would not be inexpensive. <laughs> <laughs> and that was three years ago that they wrote this? <laughs> That's yeah. a great line. <laughs> we don't dare guess. There's 64 trains. So what? 64 trains trying to maintain a single line system over 58 miles. That's overcrowded to say the very least. Man. Uh, that, but it would be, as they said, not inexpensive to get this done. But that's the cost of, uh, if we're growing in this state, we got to grow our transportation. That's just how it has to be. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, eventually you're going to be like BART and be unionized, and no one in this state wants that. I don't think. Getting unions in Utah is probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. 855-340-ZONE if you want to be on the show. Got a few minutes left. 855-340-ZONE. And Steve has been patiently waiting. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? What can we do for you? Hey, I had a question on extended warranties or service contracts. What's your opinion on those? Um, I'm all for them. I mean, I think that generally, I mean, you got to look at what you're buying, who you're buying it from, and what the contract covers. But it's a relatively inexpensive insurance policy. I mean, okay, that's the idea of it. Is, is you're basically buying insurance on something that's going to fail in the future. So. If you if you are the kind of person that a two thousand or three thousand dollar hit's gonna kill you, you should probably have a service contract. For for example, okay. uh, driving my Crosstrek, I've got both the the tires and the windshield because if the tire goes on an all wheel drive vehicle, most time you have to get four new tires. Nope. If they can't shave them, they'll try to, but most time. And then on the windshield, with the eyesight technology. That windshield isn't your typical go down to your local shop with the deal of the month. You have to get a specialized windshield that's thousands of dollars. And that those two service packages has saved my families from being bankrupt. But it, goes, but it also goes to what you're buying. So if you're buying a three-year car, a lease on a three-year car that's under warranty the whole time, you don't need to buy an extended warranty. But if you're, buying a, if you're the kind of person you're going to keep the car for seven or eight years, you're going to have it out of warranty, and an engine goes out, it's going to kill you financially... You're better off buying an extended service contract, adding an extra twenty or thirty dollars to your payment every month, and just having that insurance okay. policy. Okay, awesome. Thank you. No problem. Steve, do you yeah. want to double your entrance in, entrance into the uh, drawing here? Absolutely. Okay. A, a sign. It's a square sign with a uh, a, a red uh, Ghostbusters-like symbol on it. And a U-turn behind that red Ghostbusters-like symbol. What does that sign mean? Probably no U-turn allowed. Yeah! Good job, Steve! (laughs) Congratulations, you've just doubled your entrance into the drawing today. See, Jeff, everyone's afraid of the questions. Yeah. And it's it's like... It's not too bad. Name me a number between one and three. The left lane on the freeway is for blank. (laughs) 
I think that's the one we need in Utah the most. <laughs> 855-340-ZONE. So we've had three it's callers. For driving 10 miles an hour under the speed limit and impeding traffic. <laughs> that's right. It's for looking on your cell phone, <laughs> that's while, your cell you, phone. while you're eating and doing your makeup. And have a beer in your hand. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, yeah. The left lane is for drinking. No. <laughs> That's the drinking no, lane. it's not. <laughs> 855-340-ZONE. Thank you, Steve. Uh, three callers, six entrants. That's how it works. You get in, uh, you call in today before noon, you're entered into a movie pass drawing, and you get two entrants, two entries, rather, if you enter one of these really simple driving test questions correctly. All right, the top ten fastest cars in 2019 – uh, Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat Red Eye. Nice. It goes 203 miles per hour. That's fast. Not as fast as the Bentley Continental GT that goes 207. How often are you actually going to be going over 200 miles an hour in that car, though, to really make that matter? But those are just the honorable mentions, Jeff. Here's the top 10. 10 to 1. Ready? At 211 miles an hour, Gordon Monson's favorite car the Porsche 911. 211. Okay. Number nine, the Chevy Corvette, 212. Number eight, the McLaren, 212. Seven, Ford GT, 216. Lamborghini, 217. Noble, 225. The Pagani Hyria, 238 miles an hour. That's it. Now here's the top three. The Bugatti Chiron Sport, 261. It's fast. The Hennessy Venom 270 and the granddaddy of them all. I've never even heard of this car. It is hideous, but I want one. The Koenigsegg Exera RS that goes 277 miles per hour. Now. At what point are you ever going to drive that car 277 miles an hour? I don't know. And what? Where can you be where you're driving at that? The salt flat. Straight away. On a fl- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That's really the only place I can think. It of. It only costs two and a half million dollars. Right. For the the Koenigsegg-Gera. Its power is eleven hundred and sixty horsepower. <laughs> I round it up to twelve hundred. Yeah. It's a lot. That's a lot of horses. That's a lot of horses. Uh, and uh, but that would get you to work faster than the front runner. In California, you have to pay the gas guzzler tax on that car, though, which is tough. What's the gas guzzler tax? Your monthly payment on it's only 47000 That's it? A month. Okay. It's a good deal. Man. Have you heard, Have you seen these graveyards in, like, a... It's an automatic transmission, too. Have you seen the luxury high-end cars like these graveyards in Dubai? Mm-mm. Where people come into town buy, with all the money in the world. They're there for a week or two. They buy these two and a half million dollar cars they drive them for a few days and then they just leave them they just abandon them and they're just graveyards of these cars that have been driven like 10 13 miles so why don't they does the government like take them and sell them well the, you can't you, first of all you can't find the person that can they're gone you can't go after them for the money and uh the government what are they what are, who are they going to sell them to another guy that comes into town and then leaves again it's wild there's like stacks and stacks of these cars out there. That's so crazy. Uh, I would love to uh, be that. If they were going to redo a car thief movie, wouldn't that be a perfect opportunity for a car thief? Yeah, go steal all those cars that have just been sitting around. I don't know how you get them uh, out of there without being detected, but that's up for the movie makers to decide. That's pretty crazy, though. It's wild. Uh, 855-340-ZONE if you want to be on the show. 855-340-ZONE. All right. You being in the car sales business, Jalopnik had a a, a, a user submit a question to their site that I thought you could sound off on. The question comes in. uh, I was on my local – in fact, it's a local Subaru dealer's website recently – Wanted to see average price for the BRZ and noticed they had a $65 Visa card if you came in and did a test drive. Is it really that simple and should I feel guilty that I'm wasting their time as I have no plans to buy an Outback or Crosstrek at the moment? So, Jeff, not that you guys do this at Mark Miller Subaru. We have had it on our website. It's a national Subaru program. Are, is it uh, poor legit. taste to just come in and test drive for the 
gift card if you have no intention of actually buying a vehicle. Is that something you guys frown upon and take offense to? I mean, you're wasting... I don't think they're, they're generally, I think they are 65 bucks. They're 50 or 65 bucks. It's like a Starbucks gift card or something like that. But it's okay. like, I don't think it's, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a waste of everyone's time, but if you really want to get the money, you can get, come get the money. Like we turned it off on our website because it's just that. Like we had a lot of people who would just come in and do that. They're, right. I'm here, I, I have this thing. I'm going to go test drive a car. They test drive the car, take their money and leave. Like they had no intention of buying a car. That's why we don't do that. Mm-hmm. kind of goes against our promise pricing and what we do. It's completely against that. So we turned it all off. But, I mean, most dealers are going to be perturbed by it just because it's annoying. But it's kind of a waste of a salesman or sales manager's time. But I don't think there's anything wrong with going and getting the free thing. At the same time, it's kind of to be expected on the dealer's end for a little bit, isn't it? Because then the idea of this is to get someone who's like, well, I don't have any interest in buying a car, but I want 65 bucks to come in and then you try and convert them into yeah, buying so the a car. Is, is that the, That's the old way of doing argue, it. I made this argument with Subaru a ton because it's just the stupidest promotion ever because okay. they put it on the new car inventory page. So someone's already on your inventory page. They're already hooked. You already got the hook. That's a good point. Like, why are we paying them to come in and test drive a car when odds are they're going to come in anyway? So what happens is that now they use the stats saying this person came in because of the coupon. Because they got their coupon, that's why they came in and test drive a car. And so, like, they're, oh, look at all the cars that sold us. No, it didn't sell you any cars. You just gave them an extra $65 coupon. <laughs> it's the, just It really is frustrating and dumb. And it wastes a bunch of people's time because then you get a bunch of people who don't have any intention of buying a car. They just literally, I know people who literally have gone to every Subaru retailer in the Wasatch Front and gotten a coupon on each one of them. Really? Yeah. That's There's all. nothing stopping them from it. They put a different name and email address on each one of them. And you think you have more better things to do with your time, though. You'd think so. Hmm. They've got their $250 and wasted a day. Well, I, I thought that was interesting because I, I would feel kind of guilt it would have to be something really more than 65 dollar visa gift card totally for me to be like all right i'm gonna go waste everyone's time including my own for this like uh, i remember about eight years ago i was doing a promotion uh on a saturday where this person was this dealership was giving away justin bieber concert tickets but in order to get into the drawing you had to come take a test drive well at the end of the day the person that won the drawing I, and they they won the drawing. They went out. They were excited. I asked the guy, "Hey, did anyone that came in test drove a car actually go through the process?" He said, "Not one of them. No. Not one of them." And, the, and so, there were forty plus people that came in that. This day. is a great example. And people in our history know who the previous dealer, but I'm not going to mention the name. But when we bought our Southtown store, so when we bought the Southtown store from the previous owner. We literally threw away a closet full of crap uh, that was the come by for a test drive and get a free canteen come by and get a <laughs> cool lantern come by and get a flashlight come by and get a basketball come by and we donated and gave away so much crap that was just filled in a closet with all these stupid stuff a canteen oh it was it was as dumb as that <laughs> come get a sleeping bag like we had sleeping bags in the back of this thing there was a closet full of crap from those kind of events <laughs> and they believed in that's how we got people in the door <laughs> We're under that crazy idea is maybe we should get people in the door that actually want to buy our cars or come in to buy a car or look at our cars or are interested, not just come in for free crap. So we try and uh, we avoid the giving away swag at our store as much as we possibly can. It does go completely against promise price. Oh, it's completely against promise price. It's so old like school. Oh, it's completely. It's why people hate us. It's why people don't enjoy the process. Yeah, it's completely goes right to that idea that we talked about here. Why is car dealers people hate us? <laughs> it's because because we do a crap like that. You get an Arctic Circle pumpkin with your test drive. Because then what happens is now you've got. People coming and wasting salespeople's time and annoying and taking the salespeople away from the people who really need their help. Right. So now a sales now a customer who comes in who really wants to buy a car and look at something has to wait an extra ten minutes because this guy's dealing with getting this guy a coupon mm-hmm. or a basketball or a canteen mm-hmm. or just any I mean you'd be Movie baffled tickets. how yeah. like it was literally a fifteen by twenty closet filled with crap. Just junk. Just junk. That you Pure then, and utter junk. Then, it's literally <laughs> to the point where a lot of it we just threw in the recycling bin or trash can. Right. Because it wasn't even worth donating to someone. You'd take it to the DI or whatever. They'd be like, no, be like, there's yeah, the dumpster. I'm sorry. Right we don't take that. 
<laughs> it's like, but it's free. No, we're good. No one wants that, <laughs> including you or us. Uh, all right, before we wrap up here, you know how expensive it is to live in like L.A., New York, yep. Chicago. Well, there's this new thing called van life and van lords, where essentially people that can no longer afford apartments or homes or townhouses or condos, they are living in vans, trucks, cars, other types of vehicles that are just parked everywhere in the city. And these van lords, instead of landlords, they rent own, these rent vehicles the vans out. vans that are parked in random parking spots. Yes. Interesting. Uh, street parked RVs, vans, other, other cars, uh, running off, running cafe lights off a 12-volt adapter. The Santa Monica Daily Press just did a story about it, particularly focusing on Gary Gallery, dubbed probably the first van lord because he maintains a fleet of vans he rents out to people to live in long term but also gets into the friction between legal residents of neighborhoods where these slums on wheels are posted up all the time. So this is the this is the real problem. These people are living completely off the grid, under the radar, not registered to any address, any phone number. They don't have bills. They don't have, they're not paying into the city's sewage system, yet they're using it. But when you are so expensive to live in, this is the kind of stuff that happens. That's going to happen. I mean... Take alternative. Would you rather have them sitting on the street? Exactly. I mean, if their option is to live in a van inside a, a parked on the side of the road or live on the sidewalk as a city in public, which would you rather have? I think you'd absolutely rather have them in the van. Yeah, I, mean, I think so. At least protected from the weather and the elements. And But it's a warning, I think, for places even like this state where the housing crisis is ready to pop. In many ways. Totally. Because it's really hard to afford a, a place to live anymore, even in Salt Lake City, even in Utah, and let alone places like L.A., New York, Chicago, uh, Toronto. It could not be true. Tokyo. So I think the cities are – I think one thing, at least Salt Lake City, for one, I think is, is re- at least recognized it, and they're trying their best to try and get as much affordable housing built as fast as they possibly can, but they just can't keep up. <sighs> Affordable housing is a funny word. Yeah, affordable. Because mm-hmm. you see a lot of these high-rise apartments that are going up, and they're supposed to be affordable. Then by the time it opens, it's not affordable. It's not. It's, now it's a $4,000 a month rent, and you're, you're not getting anybody on affordable levels renting right. something at $4,000 exactly. a month. Totally. All right, there you go. That's the end of the show this week. We had three callers but six entrants. <laughs> Brent, uh, Brent, Eric, and Steve... And so we got to have, you've got them all in random order. So you got one to six. I've got two numbers on each one of them. So Eric, pick us a number, run, number, a random number, one to six. Two. Two. You got Brent, who had that, who's looking, he wanted some car shopping advice. He's looking at a RAV4, a CX-5, or Santa Fe. We added a cross check to his list. Yes. And he's out shopping for cars today. So Brent's the winner. And it's actually really fun. Brent's still listening. What? We'll, Make sure you call into store and get so we can get your movie passes, but also call in next week and let us know if you end up buying something. Yes, that'd be even better. Yeah, it's always fun to hear the second side of that story. Uh, Jeff, have a good week, man. Watch him go out and buy a CX-5. He's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like the CX-5. I'm going to go check that out first. Uh, that's Jeff Miller, Eric Jans behind the glass. I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week on Utah Car Sense. <laughs>